Welcome to That Vacation Co. Podcast. I'm Caleb, joined by Chanel, and today we are doing a That Disney Hustle episode, uh, but in light of recent announcements and changes and, and whatnot, we've decided to uh, cover those topics rather than continuing in our journey through the Disneyland Resort. Uh, we were planning on covering uh, the beginning of... Uh, Disney's California Adventure, uh, where we would uh, take you through a journey through that park and all that good stuff. But rather than that, we figured it'd be very apropos to cover the latest changes in the Disney company. Um, Some big changes. If you happen to be looking at your phone or a news website or um, I don't know, watching the news on TV, if people still do that, on Sunday night, there was a I don't know, internet-breaking type of event, at least in the Disney sphere, uh, as it was announced that Bob Chapek uh, was, quote-unquote, stepping down, and Robert Iger, Bob Iger, um, was returning into his role as CEO of the Disney company. So this is massive news. Um, Bob Chapek's tenure as as CEO, has been rather rough, uh, to put it lightly, for him um, and for the Disney company. And I think uh, a change was necessary and change took place, although I think it is quite an interesting change. Uh, So we'll we'll dig into that a little bit. And then we're going to talk about, I guess, some of what our hopes for the Disney parks and maybe even the Disney company would be uh, in the nearer future. Um, and, and does this change some of our outlook as to where we see specifically Disney parks going in the next five to 10 years? We'll talk about all of that. So, uh, we're going to dig right in. I'm going to kind of read a little bit here from, uh, an Associated Press article that came out. I'm not going to read all of it, but I, I have some pieces here that I just want to highlight and deal with. Uh, Bob I- Bob Iger, the enterprising entertainment executive who, bought, who brought Star Wars, Pixar, and Marvel under the Disney marquee and challenged the streaming dominance of Netflix, will replace his hand-picked successor, CEO Bob Chapek, whose two-year tenure has been marked by clashes, missteps, and a weakening financial performance. The stunning development comes two weeks after Disney's quarterly financial performance fell well short of Wall Street expectations on both profit and revenue a rarity, sending shares tumbling 12%. Shares of the Walt Disney Company are down 40% this year. The company's stock jumped 8% at the opening bell Monday with the appointment of Iger effective immediately. Bob Iger uh, went on to say, it is with incredible sense of gratitude and humility, and I must admit a bit of amazement that I write to you this evening with the news that I am returning to the Walt Disney Company as Chief Executive Officer. Iger, 71, wrote in an email to employees. Um, Later down the article, um, it kind of highlighted some of his missteps. Um, And the last thing I really kind of wanted to bring out was this quote from Susan Arnold, the chairman of the board. She said, the board has concluded that as Disney embarks on an increasingly complex period of industry transformation, Bob Iger is uniquely situated to lead the company through this pivotal period. Yeah, so um, I've, I've 
I think I've even read um, beyond that initial 8% jump in Disney stocks. Um, they've had a really good day on the stock market. Uh, people are hopeful as to what this means uh, with with Bob Iger being back. Um, you know, for us as Disney Parks fans, mostly, although, you know, we like Disney movies, we like Disney TV shows, we like Disney Plus. We watch a lot of Disney Plus in this household. Um but I, I do think that for us, this touches mostly on our love for Disney parks and Disney travel. So I think that's kind of the approach we're going to take on it. You know, if Chapek had a background working his way up through the Disney system, through the parks and, and entertainment side of things, and uh, watching him these last couple of years specifically uh, take such a odd stand on various things in the business side of things really caused at least me i can only speak for myself and how much i pay attention to it but um to to wonder what was coming in the next five to ten years and i i may have mentioned this on an episode before but i kind of had predicted that within five to ten years with all these stumblings that the disney companies had i could see the parks kind of emptying and being more reminiscent of like the mid to late 2000s era when you could go to the parks and wait five to ten minutes and hop on a a ride and uh, yeah things were a bit run down but um you know there wasn't a lot of crowds because you know you had an economic recession and at the same time a company that was struggling to reform its identity and they you know they finally did under bob Iger's leadership but it took years of work in order for the parks to get back into um I guess, you know, it's renewed heyday, it's renaissance period. Um, But I think Bob Chapek has done a lot to undo that. He's he's taken what was thriving under Iger's leadership and really undone a lot about a lot of that. Um, I don't know. My initial gut reaction to it is I think it's a smart move. It's a good move. Bob Iger has been a, a visionary leader for Disney and he's done a lot, uh, purchasing Star Wars, Pixar, uh, Marvel. He's done a lot with, you know, Disney Plus obviously being one of the biggest game changers in um, the entertainment industry. And I think he can do a lot with the parks. And so I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. I'll say it that way. And I'll, I'll come back and talk a little bit more about why I'm cautiously optimistic. But um, Chanel, what is your gut telling you? Well, um, when Caleb announced the news to me last night because he happened to glance at his phone and and see the update. Um, I was certainly shocked. Um, And I I can get, you know, uh, all the buzz that's going on. I mean, certainly with any big announcement, any big unexpected announcement like this, um, it generates a buzz. It generates excitement. It generates lots of questions and uh, questions about the future. And, um, you know, if they planned it to be a big surprise like this, I think good on them because everybody's just all a buzz on it. You know, was this a very quickly made decision? I don't know. Was it, was it planned out well in advance and, and decided to spring it on people um, because it was a marketing thing, you know, I don't know, but uh, it's certainly exciting to see what's down the road. I think any time a decision like this is made in such a fashion, I would say that, yes, it probably, there was some intentionality in the way that they did it. You know, it it was done on a, announced on a Sunday night, you know, business deals like that aren't 
usually decided in one evening on an on a weekend um but it comes at a time when their 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 stock is going down and yet they open up monday the opening of the trading week on a boom heading into the holiday season you know i think that yeah that uh, i think it was in some way planned by the board from what i've heard rumor mill um Iger wasn't approached until Friday. Um, I don't know if that's true or not. Um, he has hinted in the media of his displeasure with Chapek, um, though he was his handpicked successor. It did not go the way that he foresaw. Um, you know, but but that happens, right? You know, you you can sow all your wisdom and you know training and whatnot into a person and then that person gets going and things don't turn out the way that was planned you know i i i think even the tone pardon of the disney fandom would be very different if some of these things that chapek has done in the last year would have turned out successful you know it had it had the same decisions been made but the result been a little bit different i think people would love him you know so that that's always something to consider uh, but you know it, it's 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 hard to say the results are what they are, and so that's what matters the most. Iger has had a better track record with doing you know better things for the company, but I will say part of my reason for cautious optimism is that a lot of the things that people are complaining about developed under the tenure of Iger, the, the Disney Park reservation system, when that was you know released. It was because of COVID, but that was under Iger. Genie Plus was developed under Iger. Sure, it was not released until under Chapek, and I think there was probably plenty of development done under his leadership. Um, it, it's hard to say from the outside in who did what. You know, how much does Josh Demaro have influence on these park system things? You know, is he directly responsible for some of these things, or does the responsibility fall completely on someone like Chapek? It really gets muddy because when you're the CEO, you are the place where the responsibility ultimately falls. So it's kind of an interesting thing. We need to wait and see what what happens. Does the magic come back? Probably to some degree. Um, let yeah, I I guess moving on from there, I do want to highlight some of the things that I think um, have been the most problematic in regard to the Disney parks, you know, so Disney world is now using, I mean, this was the most recently uh, announced thing that I think again, really caused some dismay, a date based ticket system for its theme parks, kind of in tandem with the park reservation system and surge based pricing. So that when you decide to buy a one day, one park ticket, you have to pick which park you're going to rather than just a generic ticket um, so now you would buy an Animal Kingdom ticket, and it might be, you know, one hundred nine dollars at its, you know, lowest. But that same day, Magic Kingdom, depending on what they're predicting crowds to be like, might be one hundred twenty dollars for the ticket. You know, and some of that is them trying to crowd control. That's been a lot of what they've used the park reservation system for. They can really determine where people are going, which. It's a massive thing. I mean, even when you get back into the history of Fast Pass and those type of reservations, a lot of that was about control and and being able to control what the crowd is doing at any given time. You know, these are complicated systems that have a lot of, you know, stat-based science behind it that 
for us who are the end user, we just see the frustration of things not going exactly the way that we would like them. Now, I'm not defending them because I honestly think, I, I mean, I think that surge, surge-based pricing, date-based ticket systems, I think that, um, you know, v- virtual queues, things like that. I think, I, honestly, I, I dislike them very much. I think that they are ruining the experience. Um, but that has been where the money has been. And Chapek has been seemingly all about the money. Now, there is a balance to that because that's his job. He's the chief executive officer. So his job is to make the money. But the reality was they were losing money. Um, you know, I saw, you know, they posted like a $1.5 billion loss um, in their, you know, digital streaming platform, Disney Plus. Like, that's massive. And it was higher than anybody foresaw. Um, I will say as well, Genie Plus pricing and its difficult to use platform have left a lot of people really frustrated with the parks. And it seems for many that a bit of the magic has gone out of the parks. So will Iger do away with some of these things? I, I guess I doubt it at this point. I doubt that the reservation system is going away. I doubt that Genie Plus is going away. I would love to see some of it change. I just have a lot of doubts as to whether it will go away. Um, do you have any thoughts on any of that stuff? Um, I guess um, this is where um, you definitely have more knowledge and, and you look into th- these things and keep tabs on these things a lot more than I do. So I guess I don't have loads of opinions. I mean, I'll, I'll say that, um, yeah, I, I've been a little dissatisfied with the parks lately. Not, not to the point of, I wouldn't go. It's not, not on that level by any means, but I, um, certainly not a big fan of the, um, the genie plus and, and all that kind of stuff. And even, um, prior to that, the sort of more digital fast passes and things like that and, and, and everything being, you know, um, digitized and things like that. Um, it, it's not me, but I understand it's the world we live in. I understand that's where things are going. Um, but I would love to see, well, like you said, I'd love to see the Disney parks kind of go through a lull again, kind of like it was for us when we first started going back in the mid 2000s. Um, that for me was great because the parks were, you know, you use the word run down. I certainly, I wouldn't say that. Um, they were just dated at that point and um, not a lot of new was coming in. Not a lot of innovation was happening, but it was fun to visit still. Um, prices were, I guess, reasonable at the time for Disney. And um, it was still very well maintained. It was like they were just coasting, you know. And I guess I want Disney to coast again a little bit because it's, it's been, it seems like it's just been climbing and climbing and climbing with, with prices, with crowds. Um, and it's like something at some point, something's got to give, right? Um, it can't continue to climb in terms of, um, the cost and the crowds and people still want to go, you know, if you've got to pay an arm and a leg for a ticket and then you've got to pay for the, um, the, digital queue services and, and the premium rides and all these kind of things and face 
monumentous crowds, at some point people are going to say enough. Enough is enough. So I would like to see some changes happen. I, I don't, I can't put my finger on what that is or how that happens, but sure, I would love to see some things begin to change. Yeah, I mean, uh, some of that is a double-edged sword. So you mentioned the idea of really kind of hoping for something of a lull. You know, I mentioned that earlier in the episode. I, I kind of, I was predicting it, but I also kind of desired it because, again, something has to give. I didn't expect this change. I think this change preempts that, you know, which I guess I will say from a business perspective, that is the smart move. Like, preempt the getting through a lull by putting in the right person, you know, and then you don't go through the lull. I, I don't know, you know, I, there's been a lot of damage done to the image of the parks and, and Disney as a company. And, um, and, and yes, certainly there are some even political ideologies at work too, in which, you know, a lot of fans are tired of some of the way that that's been handled from, ironically enough, both sides. Both sides have a bone to pick in the whole issue of things. But I'm, I'm not really wanting to get into any of that. I just felt it probably needed to be mentioned in passing. Um, and so we find ourselves at a unique moment when, you know, they're they're making this massive change to try to stop a lull from happening, which totally could have happened, probably would have happened. I stand by my prediction. Had, had Chapek stayed in... I think you would have seen a massive exodus of fans, probably annual pass holders, from the Disney parks. I I do think it's unsustainable that it's always going to be growing. Now, I'd stand by, you know, even Walt Disney's vision that it will always be changing, but will it always be growing? You know, it's it's a limited thing. Like, you can only get a certain amount of people in there. So, I hope that they're just not always trying to stuff everybody in there like sardines. And that seemed like one of the ways it was going. Um, so, yeah, something does have to give in that regard. Um, and, and we'll see where, where that goes. I mean, there's a few things that I would mention in regard to consumer um, I guess the desires of the consumer, like if you want brand new rides, if you want state of the art rides all the time, you know, I've heard people get frustrated because they're like, Oh, there needs to be a new ride every time I go. Well, guess what? That means that the prices are going to rise. That means tickets are going to go up. That means you're going to have to pay for premium things. Like it's just that the cost has to be borne somewhere because that means you have to hire people. That means you have to develop things. That means, you know, it's, it's money. None of this is free. And so for me, like, I, as a fan, like, I want things to be updated and I want things to be maintained, but there has to be a good balance to it where not every quarter are the prices going up, up, up. You know, it's getting to the place where for a lot of people, it's becoming really difficult to justify or afford a Disney vacation. And that's, that's hard. You know, I still think as far as theme parks go, here's the one caveat I'll throw in there. It's still worth the money compared to what you get elsewhere. And I know, you know, there's a lot of people who are diehard Universal fans. And, hey, I, I think Universal is probably right up there, um, you know, neck and neck. And maybe even <laughs> slightly getting the lead as of late. Um, but for me and my family, I, I have a hard time justifying anything 
but Disney parks because nothing really compares to what we have enjoyed about it, the magic we've experienced. But it, to be honest, it's 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 been lacking lately. So it, it's it's a difficult thing, and especially difficult when you have emotions involved with it because we love Disney. So to see it struggle like this is both infuriating and and frustrating and and heartbreaking at the same time so you want to see good things come about having said all that i'm cautiously optimistic i I have a good hope for the future for the parks but i wanted to talk and chanel's kind of working with fern right now so um we'll see if she gets in on this but kind of wanted to mention some ideas for the future of some things that we would change um this is not an exhaustive list and we really didn't do any show prep on this so there will at some point be another episode where we talk about you know some things that we would love to change about the parks and maybe some ideas for things like a fifth gate at Walt Disney World or you know other other rides and stuff like that but um in the immediate future of this big change I would say um I would like to see the park reservation system go away and I know that echoes pretty much everybody who is a parks fan definitely our annual pass holder friends um, let's let's let the park reservation system go away. It was a good thing for COVID. You know, I understand why it was put out there, but it didn't really need to stick around. I don't, you know, whatever. Um, I would also like to see a freeze on ticket pricing uh, increases. If you're going to win the trust back of um, your your shareholders and your customer base, put a freeze on increasing ticket prices. And if that means that once this next round of construction finally finishes, that there's no new rides for a year or so, then maybe that's that's what we're going to have to say, okay, like we'll take it because it's just getting out of hand. Um, I'm torn on the idea of like the annual pass holder thing being sold and frozen and sold and frozen and all of that. Um, I have personal feelings about the annual pass holder thing like i think it's a good thing but i think it's an overindulged thing i think there's too many people with annual pass holders Um, there's too many annual pass holders for people who are coming from out of state who are not ap's who are making that once a year once every five year or once a lifetime trip you're competing with people who have the luxury of going very frequently and it it can sometimes be very frustrating um, how that works out I think the biggest solution to that is to get rid of the park reservation system. But, you know, that doesn't solve the problem altogether. So I I guess I just don't really know what my opinion on what to fix that, you know, that problem, uh, what the solution is for that. But um, I'm an an out-of-stater, and I don't get to go to Disney World every year. And when I do go, I want to be able to enjoy it and not have to deal with too many people that just pop in for their lunch break and you know, glut the system basically. Um, so we'll leave that alone. I'm sorry. I I have strong opinions on it. Um, I also think that I would scale back genie plus. I don't think it's going away, but I would scale it back and I would make it much more similar to the fast pass plus system that existed. I think that was a good system. I honestly think the fast pass system that was paper, uh, was much better. Um, But I'm not liking the way that Genie Plus just nickel and dimes you for everything. 
And a lot of people have said the biggest problem is they go, you know, they have to run back and forth nowadays rather than being able to kind of enjoy things in a scheduled pace. They have to run from this ride to this ride to this ride. And it's just constantly sending them all over the parks. Whereas, you know, in the days of taking it from, you know, you enter in on this side and you go around the hub and, and all that kind of stuff, like those days seem to be gone and, and people aren't really enjoying things like they once were now it's just frantic trying to get from attraction to attraction so i I hope that gets maybe scaled back a good bit obviously i don't think it's totally going away Um, they've invested too much in it um you know so it's it's not going to change that much let's be honest Um, but one can always hold out a little bit of hope but i think that some things could be done to fix it some things could be done to change things i i honestly think they need to get rid of the lightning lane individual purchases i i think that's ridiculous i shouldn't have to pay to ride an attraction that i'm already paying to ride when i pay for my ticket i'm paying for that ride i'm paying for the opportunity to ride that ride i shouldn't have to pay an extra 25 dollars per guest to do so and so i i hope that goes away um i think it would go a long way to earning back trust from the customer base so those are my immediate takes on what needs to change um, they need to finish the construction. Like Epcot needs to be done with all this construction. I know it takes time, but three years is too long. It's too long. It needs to. It needs to be finished. Chanel. Um, I would. I don't know that I have anything to add on, but could just you know expound on what you've shared. Um, I guess I can just go ahead and speak to the last point about um, just you know finish what is going on. Like, uh, you know, I'm with Caleb, um, freeze, freeze the, uh, rising cost of the tickets and finish what you've got going on. Like, I don't, I personally don't need a new ride every year. Um, I, I can't even, we can barely even get there every year. So a new ride every two to three years would be plenty. I think for most park goers, um, because most, you know, well, I say most, your average or your traditional park goer probably was going only once every other year or once every few years, maybe once a year. Obviously, the locals, like Caleb said, could pop in on their lunch break when they want to, but um, that's not what you often thought of when you think of your average Disney goer or the average Disney demographic, um, you're thinking of families that are coming from out of state, coming across the country, um, and can only come every so often. So, right, this, again, it's the climb of better and better and growth and growth. Um, That's not sustainable. And, you know, it's got to come crashing down or plateau at some point. And I think that now is the time for that. So I would echo those sentiments. Finish the projects that are are pending. Don't look too far into the future. I mean, obviously, um, I know in that world, um, they're always looking ahead. And, and of course, they have to. And I'm not even saying that the parks shouldn't be changing. Like Caleb said, they, they will be in a state of change. That was Disney's hope and that was Disney's design for it. Walt Disney's design for them um, was to ever be evolving. Um, but at the the breakneck rate that it's happening is um, is a bit much. 
And I think for the average goer, it's just not necessary. Um, and if, if you put it to me of um, have a new, exciting, dynamic, crazy, high technology ride every year, and the ticket cost is going to climb, of course, you know, to, to match that, or, you know, maybe add a new ride every two to three years and the ticket cost only, you know, gradually move, um, I would take the latter option. Um, because they're, you know, the average family, when they go to Disney for a week or however many days they can go five or six days, um, they can't get all of that in anyway. We struggle on a trip to get in all the things we want to do, you know, um, especially when, when lines for rides are extremely long, there's been many of times we've had to say, Mm, I think we're going to have to take a pass on this because we just can't uh, time-wise afford to sit in a line that long. So um, anyway, I've rambled on a good bit, uh, maybe added a little bit to what Caleb has said. I don't, like I said, I don't really have any like other thoughts or changes that I can think of just expounding on and agreeing with what he's already said. You know, I, I think really, what it boils down to for a lot of us is just bringing back the magic of the experience. And so much of it has been shifted to these, I don't know, high dollar earning things for Disney. And yet you don't see a lot of return on our investment because these purchases are an investment on our part. If a vacation, you know, is a costly vacation and and for many people, any vacation is a costly vacation. You want something out of it. You want enjoyment out of it. Disney has always been something that was super magical. And that was the return on investment. Memories made that you couldn't make anywhere else. And to see that go the direction that it has been going has just been so disappointing. Um, And we've tried, we of all people have been (laughs) trying our hardest to be optimistic through all of this. Um, you know, we're, we're, I guess, a little bit of ride or die when it comes to Disney parks. And we've held out hope for so long that things were going to turn around. I guess in some ways, maybe that hope has been somewhat rewarded with this change. And, and we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. I do think, um, despite these complaints, I still would go back. I still go back. It's not even a would. I still go back. You know, even at this moment. We have a Disney vacation booked, reserved uh, for the fall of 2023. So it's, you know, we're not coming at this from the place of people who have abandoned Disney parks or anything. And if you have, um, in many ways, I I get it. I I do understand perhaps where you're coming from. I sometimes am a strong defender of the parks, um, maybe sometimes to a fault. But it's been been a rough couple years if you are a fan of the parks. Um, so we'll see what the future has in store. Um, I read Bob Iger's, uh, book, I think it's called Dream of a Lifetime or something like that. Um, highly recommend it if you enjoy biographies, especially of like business people and CEOs. It's, it's an entertaining read, uh, good book. We'll see if he has a sequel coming out now that he's back in. Poor guy seems to not be able to get away from the house of mouse. This is like the third time, um, He's tried to get away and kind of had to stick around a little bit longer. Um, but the guy just wants to retire and spend the rest of his years uh, enjoying his his retirement. But uh, he's back. A two-year contract. We'll see what happens. Um, 
I don't know. Will, will Josh Demaro be in the running for the next CEO? Um, we'll see. We'll see. I'm kind of hopeful for that. I like Josh Demaro. Um, I, I don't think his decisions have always been the greatest because I do think some of these decisions could really fall at his feet. Um, but I, I think that there's one difference between him and Chapek, and I think that that it that is he seems to have a passion for the company and for the people, and that's a big that's a big difference. Chapek seemed so separated from it all. So we'll see. Uh, big moves at Disney. We'll see where it all ends up. Uh, we're hopeful. And uh, I guess here's to hoping that the magic, um, which hasn't totally gone away, let's just be honest, hasn't totally gone away, uh, is back in full bloom. And uh, having said that, you know, maybe this is an episode that's hard to get your interest up for taking a vacation to Disney World. Uh, But maybe you're thinking with all of the changes that are taking place, with Iger being back, uh, maybe you've got a little bit of hope of for what might be coming. So if you're interested in booking a trip for 2023, um, you know, seeing what good comes out of this company now, uh, hit us up. We'd love to help you book a magical Disney vacation, uh, whether it is at Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise Line, Adventures by Disney, or Aulani. We can help you with that. So we would love to do that for you. Put together a free, no obligation quote and uh, let us know. We can help you. We are That Vacation Company serving you the most delightful destinations.